They say you should never judge a book by its cover. Well, you also shouldn't judge someone until you know their story. So my wicked awesome sisters and I are coming together to tell ours. Sharing our story isn't an excuse. It's an explanation. And now, Wicked Awesome Sisters Podcast. Last week on Wicked Awesome Sisters. You can't be afraid to tell people what you experience for fear of what they may think. Because I would say that in my circle of friends, they all have pretty normal upbringings, which I don't have, but I continue to tell them our stories because it does help me. But it also... For people that aren't in this situation, it helps you to open your eyes to things that you don't know really happen or go on. And, you know, sometimes if you're in an environment where you don't have these things in your life and you've never been around anything like these stories, it sometimes will help open your eyes to say, hey, if somebody maybe does come to me, I am going to listen and I'm going to try and help. I'm not going to be closed off and saying, oh, that just didn't happen or that can't be real. And now the continuation of our story. I really admire you guys for being so vulnerable and for opening up and knowing what I know. I can say that we've only just scratched the surface of what you guys have gone through and and the stories that are yet to come. When my mom was on and even the episode prior to that, you guys have been very vulnerable and you've been very open and very honest and real. And I know it's not easy. After having Aunt Kathy on the show last week, um, I think I, as an adult, I do understand that she did everything that she could. And I understand that at some point you do have to protect your own mental health and dealing with Myra is mentally consuming. And so I understand that she did everything within her power to help get us out of that situation. And I like look back on a lot of things. She talks about like, you know, how we would run away. That was me. I would run away to her house. I I remember like running away several times to her house and like hiding in closets or hiding under the bed just because I wanted to escape being physically abused. I am so thankful for my Aunt Kathy and my Aunt Charlotte and everything that they've done for me. I've always like looked up to them and like as an adult, I see them as role models. Like as a child, I saw them as role models and I think that kind of kind of gave me like a different perspective than my siblings. I don't know, this week it kind of hit home. I was at work and I was taking care of a prisoner who had been in prison for a while. And he was really, really mean to me, like really, really mean to me. And I was like, dude, you've got a chip on your shoulder. And he's like, I've um, been abused my whole life. People aren't nice to me. And I'm like, I was abused my whole life, but I had those people in my life step up like my Aunt Kathy and my Aunt Charlotte that did show me kindness, that did like go out of their way to make my life better. And like, I, I thought about that and I tried to like, you know, I talked to this guy for probably four hours because our hospital is full and there was no beds, just kind of hearing his different perspective. And it was actually weird because, you know, I live in Columbus, Georgia. He's actually from Daytona beach, which is really, really close to where I'm from because of the people who I was exposed to, because of, you know, my aunt Kathy, I was able to learn how to read. I was able to learn how to ride a bicycle. I was able to learn how to swim. I was able to learn how to tie my shoe. I was able to experience so many things that other people don't. And so like all the time I feel lucky and I'm just, as an adult, I'm extremely grateful. I never had necessarily a lot of childhood trauma, 
but I did have a lot of trauma in my young adulthood and I had a lot of trauma in my first marriage in going through those things. I don't, I don't really talk about it. I never really talk about it. There's a lot of people that don't know my story and the things that I've gone through. So just once again, like having my mom on and you guys sharing your side and everything like that, I think it really made me just have more respect for you guys to be so open and so honest. And I just want to thank you guys for sharing your stories. And can I just step in and say, I appreciate you bringing this for like bringing this opportunity to us. I've always wanted to share my story. I've always wanted to reach people that could benefit from my story, but I never knew how. And then you came to us with this podcast idea. So I was like, awesome. This is our way to get the word out there. My experience this week kind of showed that there are other people in similar situations, like this prisoner by the end of the, like my time spending with him, spent with him, he and I were getting along really, really well. And the guard, cause he had two guards with him. They were like, he is usually a huge asshole all the time. And I'm surprised you put him in line and he didn't like try to laugh out on you. I was like, hey, look, dude, like I have been in rough situations. I am one of seven children. Like I, I know what it's like. I know what you've been through, but you can always choose. You can choose a different path. And I know it's really hard because he was telling me there were situations that he like could not avoid. And I can totally see that because, you know, I think of Lee and I, I know all of you guys will argue with me about this, but I think that he did not have all of the same opportunities that I had. No, I agree so with I, you 100%. And I, and I put, and I, and I stick up for him. He annoys me, but Lee is in jail now. He did not have the same opportunities. And so he wasn't, he wasn't exposed to the things that I was exposed to. And so maybe that's why he didn't get to have the life that I have now. Kim gave me a lot of opportunities, but I also had the opportunity, like, because of who I spent time with, my my friends, I had a really good friend group. I made a really good friend in the fifth grade, and Allie moved away. She moved to Virginia. Her parents would come back every single summer. I would get to spend my summers in Virginia because her mom and dad would come and, like, let me stay there for a month. And then when I wasn't doing that, I had my friend Sammy. And I would be at her house. Like her parents like took me in and I had so many opportunities. Like I can remember thinking, oh man, I don't have a poster board to do the science fair project. And Sammy's mom went out and got me a poster board so I could do my my science fair project. I didn't have a computer and I didn't have a printer. And our next door neighbor across the street, his name was Sal. He had a computer. He had a laptop. He said, hey, come over, do your homework. And I can remember night after night after night, being over his house, typing papers up because, you know, once you got to middle school, everything was typed. And if I didn't have those resources available to me, I don't think I would be the same person that I am today. Where she had those, Lee didn't have them. And so that's why maybe his path is a little different than the path. And I, and I agree. And I understand that. But Lee has had opportunities since adulthood to make better choices and he has chosen not to. So Lee's friends throughout his life have always been people that are very similar to Myra. I can think of Lee's one of his really good friends. He lived right down the street and Lee would bring bags down to Zachary P's mom and they would be filled with drugs. And so he would be like a little drug mule at like eight years old. At like eight years and, old. And that's who he was hanging out with. And 
Lee and Zachary P were then eventually smoking marijuana together and they were experimenting with drugs together. And then there were other friends that were very similar, whereas none of my friends did that. All of my friends were in IB or AP classes or in dual enrollment. Uh, Echo was given opportunities that I wasn't given as well. I think she had a lot more than we had. And I'm not saying like, you know, uh, materialistic wise, but she had a lot more opportunities than us, which sometimes like it doesn't seem that way as a child. But now growing up, she was exposed to a lot more. Like I used to think people liked her a lot more, which that might be the case. I don't, I don't know. I think but- everybody liked me more besides Myra. And you, Autumn, you hated me. <laughs> I also hated you. I loved I, you at first, but then I hated you. I never hated any of you guys, except for Amber on occasion. I was about to say, <laughs> I just think that we didn't, we weren't given the same opportunities and that definitely, I can't speak for Lee. I mean, obviously he made poor choices, but I will defend him in that part where he wasn't given the same opportunities as Echo. I wasn't given the same opportunities as Echo either. And I also made not the best life decisions as a young adult, but I have made a very nice life for myself now. And I just want to say for anyone listening, so the the opportunities that Echo was given, a lot of it had to do with Echo kind of going out on her own and finding those resources. It's not that Myra presented them to her or that anyone handed them to her on a silver platter. You know, she had someone in on I think as the season progresses, we'll get more into Kim, but she had someone that took her in and basically took on the role of mother when Myra couldn't do it. And Autumn and Lee did not have that. Uh, Autumn did have someone that came along a little bit later, but not to the extent of what Kim did for Echo and then for the younger two as well. So it's not that Echo was spoiled by any means. It was that I think she she knew that she had to find a way to survive. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Echo, but you made the conscious choice that if you're going to survive this life, you've got to kind of do it on your own. And you just happen to find those resources along the way. You're a hundred percent right. Actually, I wasn't given anything. I did work really, really hard. And I've actually talked to a lot of the people, like I've talked to Kim about this and I've talked to Sammy's family about this and why they did what they did for me. And they said, because they just saw a lot of potential and they saw that I was trying really hard to kind of escape a bad situation. They said they weren't ignorant to the fact that I was in a bad situation and they did what they could to help me get out of that. I am just so appreciative of all of the people that have stepped up in my life to include your mom and in Charlotte, Ashley, like as an adult, I have an entirely different perspective I definitely realized there was some things that were different in my life than my siblings' life. I think that what how you worded it actually made it kind of seem like that Lee and myself didn't try to get out of there because I surely did. That's not what I'm saying. That's not. I, I'm I think saying- she was saying that you guys, Echo, had a different opportunity. Like I had an opportunity to get away with Tim, which was not actually an opportunity, but it worked out because I ended up living with my grandma. And then Echo had people that stepped up and came into her life. And you and Lee didn't have that same thing. Like, yes, you had people that were there and you always had people that were there, but you didn't have someone that stepped in and said, no, like you need like structure. That's Autumn did take her first opportunity. I mean, she got married at 17 and like dropped out of high school. Like, I feel like that was your 
you were like, this is my opportunity. This is my like way to get out of here. Like, well, and, and you went for it. Autumn, I was not by any means saying that you and Lee did not, were not self-motivated to get out. I was saying that when an opportunity presented itself to Echo, which I, I look in the form of her friend, Sammy's parents or Kim or whoever it may be that she used that you guys, what you all took advantage of Sal's kindness, not in a bad way, but when he opened his door to you, you guys went there and you found shelter with Sal. He was our saving grandpa across yeah. the street. Yeah. So I was by no means, and I apologize if it came out that way. I was by no means saying that you guys did not try to get out. I was saying that Echo just took advantage of the situations when they arose and you did not have those same opportunities until much later, which I did mention, which you found some semblance of sanctuary with Tracy, who is someone that you consider a mother figure who took care of you. So you did find that eventually, but yeah, I was by no means saying that you were just accepting your situation. So I'm I'm sorry. Did that clarify it? Yeah. Like, I didn't think that you were trying to say like, oh, I wasn't self-motivated, but it did like seem like it was coming off like that because I wanted to get out of there so bad. I was so, so tired of it. And then when I, obviously when I met my ex-husband and I took that leap and like, we did all of that. I'm not going to say that like it was to get out of there because I, I did love him at the time, everything, and then everything happened, but I definitely like, in, I don't know how to explain it. Like I didn't get the same opportunities as Echo. And as a child, that hurt me. I like my feelings so bad because Echo, I've always looked up to Echo. Echo will always be my role model to this day. Like I wanted to be like her, but I was never given the opportunities as Echo, the same opportunities as Echo. I feel like Autumn also, I did work really hard, really, really hard. Like, But you're discrediting me because I didn't work hard enough. I'm not saying that you didn't work hard, but you also chose to hang out with people that were doing like, that were like at risk and had riskier behavior like like who I can I can think of some things that you did like in childhood and I'm I'm not holding it against you I'm just saying like you got a tattoo you had one of your friends do like a prison tattoo on you okay like these are things didn't that we I all, didn't at, when we were 15 didn't we all have a prison tattoo do we not is that just me and autumn yeah, it's just you and autumn I did not Ooh. get a prison tattoo I got a professional tattoo on my 18th birthday I got a prison like, tattoo of my ex-husband's name and I just got it covered up last year. Finally. I am not discounting that you were trying to get away because I think you were, but I like, was also trying to cope with everything that was going on because I know the abuse for you was bad and I'm not saying that it like it wasn't, but for me, it felt so much worse, especially like the abuse that I got, like sexual abuse. I was super promiscuous as a a child because I was sexually abused and I didn't know how to cope with that. And the people that I would hang out with obviously probably weren't the best, but I didn't, I wasn't gifted like you and I couldn't hang out with all the smart kids, but the people, the friends that I made were genuine friends. Like I'm still friends with some of the friends that I'm you, like, you know, I wasn't gifted autumn. I was held back in the first grade. I struggled. I didn't learn how to read until I was almost eight years old. And the only reason I learned how to read was because of Aunt Kathy. And Aunt Kathy will tell you that I literally cried for hours on end because I struggled so hard. But I had dyslexia, Echo. I couldn't talk about, like, I couldn't read because I mentally wasn't able to. And no one helped me. 
And Kathy wasn't there to help me read because I was just me and Myra. Myra put me in self-contained classrooms as a child because she thought I was autistic. I wasn't given the same opportunities and I did work hard. I worked so hard. It obviously may not seem that way to you, but I did work hard. I do think you worked hard. I, but you're discrediting. You're like, oh, Echo got all of this stuff, but I did work really hard for it. And the people I surrounded myself blanketed me, blanketed me in love because they saw potential and because of how I acted. I just want to interject real quick because this kind of comes full circle to what we were talking about earlier with, you know, everyone's path is different and the things that happen on those paths can kind of shape and mold you, right? So where Echo, you, you know, you ended up in the IB program and you were surrounded by uh, like-minded smarty pants like you. But when Autumn, when she was growing up, you know, she was going through her sexual abuse and as she even said, you know, more promiscuous and all of that because of the things that happened to her. I think with Autumn, when you go through something like with what she went through in the the type of abuse that she suffered, which is a little different than the type of abuse you suffered, not comparing apples to oranges, she found solace in people that perhaps wouldn't judge her. Some of those IB kids, because I was one of them as well. I will be the first to admit, sometimes we can come across as judgy. And so it probably, and Autumn, you can correct me if I'm wrong there. When you said that they were genuine friends and they were genuine people, they may on the outside have been a little rough around the edges, but they probably suffered similar traumas or they understood you and you didn't feel judged by them. No, that's completely right. I mean, obviously like I had one friend and she came from a, a, a decent home. Her family took me in as I'm not like Sammy did for Echo. I spent a lot of time with her family and that helped shape me into who I am. Like they're still like my family. I'm still great friends with them. But I'm just saying that like I wasn't gifted the same opportunities as Echo to hang out with like the smart kids or to surround myself with those IB kids like you guys. Because like you said, I'm not saying that they're judgmental because I don't know all of them. I know that I come across as judgy because I was in the smart kid classes. You are judgy. You are the biggest brats. I did take though. I did take like AP classes and honors classes in high school because I worked hard and I wanted to do well. Like I said, because I wanted to be like Echo. Echo was always my role model. She still is. No one's saying that you didn't work hard. It's like I said, it's comparing apples to oranges. I mean, you, we can go around in circles. All four of us have suffered some sort of abuse and none of it looks the same, but at the end of the day, it's all abuse. It's all a fruit, apples, oranges, bananas, strawberries. It's all abuse. Uh, I haven't really talked a lot about mine. Uh, We'll get there eventually, but I am curious, Autumn, when you talked about, you know, how the abuse that you suffered kind of uh, made you a little more promiscuous and whatnot when you were younger, do you guys feel that the traumas and the things that you went through as children impacted or shaped your life or, you know, like how Autumn said it made her promiscuous. Is there something that you think that what you suffered through kind of made you who you are or gave you like some kind of baggage that you have to carry around with you now? So I do feel that way. Like I wasn't sexually abused, at least not that I remember, but Myra did use me as like a little purse or a, so I don't, I don't know the actual word that I'm looking for but Myra did use me as like 
she would make me like put on leotards and put on shows for her friends and stuff. So I feel like it did make me, you know, like I lost my virginity when I was 14 years old. Like that's not normal. And I feel like that's because in Myra's world, like she was literally, no, I wasn't sexually abused, but she was putting me out there for her friends. She used to tell me from the time I was like eight years old, you have bedroom eyes. They're so sexy. Like, so I, I feel like in that sense, it made me, I guess, in the same sense, like how Autumn's saying, it made me more promiscuous, but in a different way. It made you crave the attention that you thought that you were out there to receive. Right. When I said I was promiscuous, I don't think it was because, you know, Myra did parade me around. I was like, oh, you're so beautiful. Guys are going to go crazy over you, this and that. I don't think that's why. I think that, actually, I talked to a therapist about this and they kind of gave me like a summary of it. because. I never really experienced love. I thought to give anybody sex meant they loved me. And I would just like anybody that I dated, we would have sex because that's how I thought you gave love. And obviously now that I'm older, I'm like, you don't have to have sex with someone to love them. Uh, That's kind of what a therapist like summarized for me. I mean, obviously I don't know if that's, you know, down packed, but it did make me really promiscuous as a kid. abuse that I suffered and then I let people talk to me however they wanted which is not cool and I think that it definitely made me just take whatever people threw at me always for me my marriage was very uh emotionally and mentally abusive it didn't get physically abusive until towards the end but because of everything that I went through, sorry, guys, this is, I don't really talk about this stuff very often. Um, but I think because of the stuff that I went through, I have a really, really hard time. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I love you. And I'm, honestly, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you've never really shared much about your previous marriage with me personally. So I'm, I'm glad I, you're coming up and yeah, I haven't, you know what? sometimes it takes <laughs> tears. Do it girl. Go. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really talked to a lot of people about it. Um, but, and I'm not, I'm not gonna start, uh, today, but maybe later, but anyway, I have a really hard time trusting people and I feel that like the stuff that I went through, it has jaded me on like how, how to take any, anything that anyone says and believe it. And it's like I said, at the end of the day, like, is this compared to what you guys went through? Like, is this something that like, is as bad? Probably not. But, but that's not fair. Let me just cut you off right there. That's not fair. You can't compare what you went through to what this person went through. Everybody went through shit. And just because it maybe doesn't compare to what somebody else went through, it doesn't make it any less drastic to you and how it affected you. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, like, I mean, should I have everyone in my life? And when I say everyone, I mean, everyone, I don't trust anyone. I don't trust anyone. I had trust issues to begin with, but I definitely most certainly do not trust anyone now. Um, And so that's how that has shaped my life. And like, even you guys, I love you guys. Uh, You're my family. You'll always be my family. 
Uh, she I said, don't, I love you. I just don't trust you. I don't, well, I don't trust anyone. I don't even trust Eric a hundred percent. He's consistently having to pay for the sins of my ex-husband. Um, you know, I don't trust my stepkids, but once again, they're teenagers. So, I mean, <laughs> maybe it's good that I don't trust them a hundred percent. Um, but yeah. And I think that in turn, because of that, like that has made me a person that I don't necessarily like, but at the same time, I think when you go through trauma, um, no matter what kind of trauma it is, it, it takes a piece of you that you may not necessarily ever get back. Sorry. I went on a little rant. I'm sorry, Ashley, that that happened to you. I kind of, I understand. I have similar, I have trust issues and the people, it's not like anybody's earned those trust issues, but I have them from my childhood. I think that's, I mean, trust is something that I definitely have an issue with because I feel like the men in my life and my mother abandoned me. I thought that Tim was my dad and he wasn't and he left. My dad he couldn't handle my mom and he left and he left me with her. My mom would leave for weeks at a time. And so I have like this deep sense of abandonment. And my husband knows because I'm always like, well, you're just going to leave me. Anytime we get into an argument, we could be arguing about me forgetting to buy spicy ketchup. And I'm just like, oh, wow, this is, this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. You're going to leave me because I forgot to buy spicy ketchup. Like no. he's told me like time and time again, like he's not going to leave me and like that I don't need to worry about it, but I'm always, it's just how I've always been. I, I always just think like it's, he's going to leave. And yeah, I mean, I've even had this conversation with Kim, like I, I you know, she's been so good to me, but eventually she's just going to get tired of me because, you know, I call her too many times a day and I annoy her and I like, I call her about every inconvenience in my life. So if McDonald's forgets to give me a straw in my order, I call her and I'm like, well, damn, McDonald's forgot to give me a straw today. Uh, and this is at like 1053 in the morning and she's, you know, at work and I'm just telling her about like little stupid stuff. I'm like, oh, you know, this is going to finally push her away. Yeah. I mean, I have the same abandonment issues. And the thing is, I left my ex-husband. I chose to leave. Uh, but he walked out of that marriage long before I actually signed divorce papers. But also with my dad, my dad remarried quickly after my mom and him got divorced and, you know, his new wife didn't really care too much for me. I think she loved me to the best of her ability, but she didn't really care. Typical daddy issues. Right. But my current relationship and my friendships and everything, I, I'm the same as you echo. Like I am every time. Every, every time we get into a fight, I'm just so afraid that like, because of these quirks that I have, or these, these things that I have developed from those traumas that I've experienced in life, that those things are going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. And it's just going to be too much. And, uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard to overcome trauma when it haunts you in the habits that you acquire through it. 
And those habits just happen to be like your coping mechanisms or uh, the way that you have to look at life in order to survive. And I will say this as far as like, I mean, I'm not going to speak on everybody, but like partners that I've been with, I do have trust issues. I do have things. And like some people just legitimately don't know how to handle that. Like my ex-husband did not know how to handle it. Like every time we fought, it was like, oh, you're going to leave me. You're going to leave me. And then, I mean, granted, at the end of the day, I was one that left him. But I think that it makes it harder because I don't, I, I don't want to say it makes it harder, but it does because no matter who you surround yourself in life, unless it's somebody who went through the same stuff you went through or similar stuff, nobody's ever going to get it. And you're always going to be like, oh my God, she doesn't have any trust for anybody. But people don't understand that. People don't understand. We have no, I have no trust for you because literally the person who birthed me out of her vagina betrayed me. So who am I supposed to trust? (laughs) She didn't just betray you once. She betrayed you over and over and over again. Like I can just think about begging her begging her not to leave or begging her to stop using drugs or begging her not to get another boyfriend or begging, begging her to just stay you know, home spend time with us. Yeah. And she, she would say she would do it or she would say that she would like, you know, and she just didn't, she never did what she was supposed to do. And I think that has entirely shaped me as a person because I, with every like fiber in my body, I do not want to be like her. I have a job. She, she never had like a normal, a W-2 job. She would do odds and ends and she would go and get food from the soup kitchen and she would, you know, sell food stamps like and things like that. And there is there is nothing wrong with using resource, government resources. There's nothing wrong with ha- being on food stamps. To There's nothing wrong day, with any of those to things. To this day, Myra does not have a job and she's still somehow manages to make like I don't understand I want Myra's luck that's what I want in my next life I want Myra's luck for me I just want to be the polar opposite of her in every way I like having a job I like having a stable marriage I like and there's nothing wrong with having you know children with different men but I want all of my children to come from the same man that I married to I don't want them to ever question who their father is I don't want them to ever think that, hey, that this guy could not be my dad. Like, I don't want to worry about the lights being turned off. I don't want to worry about the water being turned off. I don't want to be worry about the house being taken away. I don't want to worry about siphoning water out of the bathtub. I don't want to worry about if I'll have like food for my child. Like I Which is I crazy. Don't. Echo, let me just step in and say this because you've never had to worry about any of the any of those things as an adult. Like that's what is really crazy about it but like as a child those were genuine fears genuine fears and those weren't fears that was like a reality but i I know but okay days on end using candles and stealing electricity from the neighbors boiling the boiling the tub water water or going in because you know boiling tub water because the hot water heater went out and we literally didn't have the money to repair it so for like probably four or five months in order to have a bath we would all share bath water because she didn't want to boil it more than one but never in my adult life never has it ever been that hard 
what I think is funny is that y'all struggled in your childhood and you're all doing pretty well for yourselves in adulthood where I had this. Bitch, I am still struggling. Don't fucking, I'm (laughs) still struggling. Two out of three ain't bad. Uh, (laughs) But for me, I had this really great childhood with my mom and Charlotte. And I mean, they showed up for everything. I went out to eat all the time. Like I had a really, really spoiled childhood. And then in my adulthood is when I suffered my trauma, when I was out on my own and gave my heart to people that didn't deserve it. The difference is, is that I chose to put my heart in these people's hands where you didn't have a choice. That was just the lot you were given. But I think it's really funny that it's kind of like the opposite, even though I had this, you know, as you guys always tease me, this glamorous childhood, it wasn't always pretty once I hit... (laughs) Once I hit 18 and got out on my own, it was pretty, uh, whew, it was pretty rocky. Well, and we've all had our adult issues too. And that doesn't like, that doesn't by any means, by any means downplay what you went through as an adult. Like, yes, we had issues as children and you had the best life with Aunt Kathy, but at some point we all had to grow up. And at that, like at that time, it doesn't matter what we went through in our past. Like Echo went through, you know, everything and she got moved out of the situation by whoever. And so did I, and Autumn didn't, and you had a good situation. Like as adults, we all make our own decisions. Well, at the end of the day, we're all very different. We all look very different our backgrounds. I mean, you guys all came from the same family, but once again, you have different backgrounds because you all kind of split up at different points. Um, we're all the face of trauma, right? Really? What, what does it look like? Dig into my trauma chest. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you go back to what echo said earlier, you know, she had this, this prisoner in the hospital. I'm assuming that's where she met him. Um, (laughs) Yes, it was in the hospital. I was caring for him after surgery. Okay. Well, you know, and it, you know, for him, he probably looked at her and is like, you don't know a goddamn thing about my life. You don't know what I've been through. When in reality, she might not look like she does, but she probably knows more than anyone what he's gone through. I will, I will say that like that, when she told us that story, it kind of hit, hit home for me because I've been in the hospital before and I've been a complete bitch to nurses because I feel like they remind you of echo. (laughs) Well, no, but I feel like I I just, I guess up until this moment, I will admit that up until this moment, I was kind of ignorant of it because I just assumed that nurses kind of had their lives handed to them on a silver platter. And now when echo made it, I forgot, I forgot that echo came from a shitty childhood and is now a nurse. Like she could be the person talking to me in the hospital. And I, I, I understand that where that person is coming from. And that's what I'm trying to explain. Like if I was explaining my situation as, uh, to a nurse, I, my first assumption would not be that they came from a shitty childhood. Not my story to tell, but you know, Eric doesn't even have the most picture perfect childhood. You know, you have all these people that you see on a daily basis you know, they have their shit together or maybe they don't, but we really, Eric's you know, got his shit together. Anybody who does an Iron Man has Eric, their shit together. Eric does have his shit together. And he's also a Vikings fan. So he definitely has his shit together. Why do, you, fan, no. why do you guys fangirl over Eric so much? Oh my because God. He's the funny one. 
Eric legit is, the funny one. He is actually he likes pretty purple funny. helmets. <laughs> oh my god. Oh lord. But yeah, he does have his shit together. I'm just saying like what you do with your life in the future is your choice, no matter where you come from. And some people, it's just a little harder to get there. And some people, you know, they, they don't have, they have a chance, but their chance is just smaller than others because of circumstances. But do you guys think like everything like as a whole, right? Prior to becoming adults, right? Like everything that you went through as children, do you think that your mental health has suffered at all aside from like trust issues and all that? Like, do you feel that? Look at me going to unmute myself right away because absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Wicked Awesome Sisters podcast and that it gave you a sneak peek into our wicked awesome sisterhood. Next week, we'll pick up right where we left off. To stay in the loop and catch us when our next episode drops, you can subscribe to this channel. For our family tree diagram and more fun facts and photos, you can follow us on Instagram at Wicked Awesome Sisters. Till next time, stay wicked. Wicked awesome, that is.